everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. It's a great weekend. We have an amazing show for you. First, I just want to remind you, my go-to for information on what's going on uh, in terms of helping folks in the Ukraine is CNN.com slash impact. Mm-hmm. I don't work for CNN. I wish I did, but I don't. <laughs> Uh, but go there because there are a lot of people that need a lot of help. So, you know, open up your pocketbooks a little. Okay. All right. Great show today. We're going to start off with uh, Deb Moser from Central Farm Markets. It's spring. It has sprung, and we're going to see what's going on there. Um, Michael Jans Moon is co-owner of DC Vegan, and he's in here with uh, Starla Newman, who's his bar manager, and they're previewing cocktails from DC Vegan. Like Starla. Well, that I, deserves a great. Are you like you know? I keep Starla. when I saw your name, I kept thinking Star Lord. I called her Starlight. Star Lord in the Avengers. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, Michael's an interesting guy too. He's a musician who toured with Paul Simon and the Black. He opened for the Black Crows and Train and all that. So I expect some. And now he's making vegan some cocktails. musical lyrical something out of you. Um, you all know BLT Steak. It's the power restaurant just steps from the White House. They've uh, renovated the interior space. And uh, executive chef Michael Bonk has reimagined the menu. We're going to hear from Michael. He's here now with goodies that are not on my diet that I'm going to eat anyways. Oh, well. Um, So uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner with your dog? Yeah. Uh, The commentary social house at the Weston Arlington Gateway Hotel has it all. They've got great brunches. They've got great dinners. And their great executive chef, Fran Ponte. Am I doing it right, Fran? Okay. Ah, good for me. Okay. We, uh, Fran and TJ Daniels, who's the director of food and beverage there, they're in here with all sorts of goodies, and we're going to hear all about that and shortly. And then smoke them if you got them. Uh, the National Cannabis Festival is back on April 22nd at I the RFK campus. I think you're being really flat. I'm trying to be you laid back. Serious. I'm trying to act like I'm high. Well, not and, if you're you doing know, like sativa. No. That's like high energy. So like... The cannabis festival is back. We've been on hiatus. You know, There's I have been a pandemic. You know, Come you on. you you say it like you smoked marijuana before. I never no, I have. Like to drink so, that stuff. but anyways, they've got all kinds of great stuff going on, and of course, a, a food pavilion, and all that. Uh, Carolyn Phillips uh, founded the Festival Business Association. She'll be with us shortly, and we're going to hear all about that. But first, mm-hmm. first, Deb Moser from Central Farm Markets. It's spring. It's spring. You got stuff at the markets for spring. Tell us about it. And the markets are opening. Tell us, Deb, what's happening? Right. So the year-round markets, they flip into the spring season, mm-hmm. and we open back up at our regular times. But this is a great time because this is when the farms start rolling back in. Even though we have a couple of farms during the winter, this is when the big ones come in from the northern neck, from Pennsylvania. They're just going to roll in, and you're going to start to see bedding plants, and you're going to start to see the garden plants mm. and vegetable plants. God, I am so and then ready. They start with all the spring <laughs> veggies, and we have music is back. You know, there's a lot of things that are back now. So we have um, we have music at the markets. We have chef demos coming back. Mm. We have tastings coming back, samplings, uh, you name it. It's we're So in is it all coming there. back because of the lessening of the pandemic or is it coming back because of spring? What 
Tell me. It, it, it's both. It's okay. both. But last year, we didn't bring back all these activities. This year, they're all back. Everybody feels a little safer. Mm -hmm. uh, we're all outside, and we're going to have a rockin' time this year. Ooh, so on time. the website, do you list all the chef demos and all the musicians who are coming? Is it different musicians every week? Like, how do we you do. lay that out? Okay. We we do. And I just want to tell anybody out there that's a musician, we love to have you. So contact us. We okay. we just have, you know, a lot of good things happening. So come on in. And um, the markets are really a lot of fun this year. So please come. And next week, Nikki, you know, next week I have a big announcement. So. I know. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. For right? the big are you going to have another baby? No, she's not. <laughs> It's like Maybe a baby. Look, I it's stopped not a physical her. Baby. I stopped her completely. That okay. was great. All right, Deb, tell everybody please where they can find all the information about the music and the chef demos and all the farms that are now going to be populating Central Farm Markets. Okay, you can find it at centralfarmmarkets.com. And I just want to give a shout out. We have a brand new website, easy to use. Mm -hmm. You'll find, like you said, you'll find everybody there and everything that you need. Excellent. All right, Deb, thanks so much. All right, take care. All, All right. right, Michael. Michael well, Jansen. If I could just say before we get on to Michael, I want not to, to talk cut you down. Michael. I know you do. But uh, just a reminder that now that spring has sprung, the farmers are now going to be showing up at the market. So I know during the winter it feels a little bleak because it's a lot of uh, food makers as opposed to farmers. It's just because they don't have the product. But they are coming back, and uh, Central Farm Market has one of the biggest. Uh, purveyors of farmers in the area. So please check them out. Okay. Yes, they spent now... the winter. The farmers spent the winter in the Dell <laughs> and now they're back. Okay. Let's now All right. bring on Michael. So Michael Jance Moon is a really interesting guy. He's a songwriter, a musician, and he happens to be co owner of DC Vegan. Um, and I assume and, he's vegan. And I, <laughs> That's correct. You look like a vegan. Yeah. And he brought in Starla Newman with him. He's, she's her, his bar manager. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to, this is really interesting for me because we're going to talk cocktails. That's right. Vegan cocktails. That's right. And Nobody's driving here, right? Yeah. So tell us not, what. Not currently tell driving. Tell us about DC Vegan and the concept. Okay. So we are DC Vegan. We are a plant-based full-service catering company. We're the um, one of the first and only plant-based catering, full-service catering companies in DC. We also have a delicatessen in DuPont Circle. Hmm. And we are getting ready to open a vegan uh, botanical-themed bar Okay, uh, May 7th. So today we are going to feature Italian classics with a botanical spin. So Accidenti. DC okay, but wait, right. but I feel like you're jumping ahead. So you have a DC vegan here in DuPont Circle. That's right. Okay, and tell us just a little bit about the concept and what you're serving there. So the concept is really Italian-American plant-based food. So okay. it's um, familiar flavors, textures. It's taking things like... Um, like a bolognese? But, uh, we do do a bolognese for catering. Okay. But we're doing like uh, fried artichoke sandwiches. We're doing king trumpet mushroom calamari. We're doing... Uh, buffalo cauliflower wings with homemade mm -hmm. ranch dressing. Mm -hmm. So we're taking vegetables and doing really cool things. And uh, at the deli, it's a lot of sandwiches and bowls. And then when we open for service for the bar downstairs, we will roll out some entrees for that. Okay. Great. All right. So maybe a lot of people don't know, but like, aren't all cocktails vegan? So no is the, the short answer. So let's start with wine. So a lot of wines are filtered with Isinglass, which is uh, it's an animal byproduct. Right. So, and a lot of times we don't know that that's the case. Right. 
So, and then if we go to beers, like obviously if it's got a milk stout or an oatmeal cream stout, that's not uh, vegan either. Mm -hmm. And then what we're doing here is we really wanted to infuse these beverages with all of the fresh herbs and stuff that we're using in the deli and that we're making the food with. So here we have like Italian classic cocktails with sort of the botanical spin. And so the thematically the bar is like the, the whole decor is uh, it's like a nighttime garden kind cool. of a theme. Okay, I'm going to stop you there because yep. we'll get into that in the next segment. Tell me what uh, Starla is pouring All first. All right, so first up we have an in-house gin limoncello. Mm. It's going to be infused with garden seed lip, uh, basil. Wait, back that up. What garden kind of lip? Seed, he doesn't know what seed lip is. Nope, I have no gotta idea. Got to be in front of the mic. Seed lip is this new... Um, it's a new alcohol, It's right? a new, but it's... it's uh, alcohol free. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a mixer, and uh, we're going to be featuring some some really nice mocktails. All right. And uh, so we're using this in some of our cocktails as well. So cool. we're excited All right. to roll that Starla, out. All right. do your thing. Starla, you I want to call thing. you Star Lord. No, no, no. no. Starlight. Right. Okay. Starla, All right. So pass it around so everybody can get a little taste of your action, and let's get into BLT. Well, many moons ago, I think 17 years ago. We were at the opening of BLT. I think Vic was in the kitchen at that Vic point. Vic was in the kitchen. Two nights ago, he's mm-hmm. still alive. Um, it was his birthday yesterday. But executive chef Michael Bonk is here, and you, to go along with a remade, a, a reborn restaurant, you've, you, we have. But a, it's not like chef has not been around town. No, you've so. been here five years, but right. Well, I've been no, at no, BLT you, for five but years. You've been I've at been BLT for five years. Correct. Yeah, I've been in DC for sixteen years. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get a little bit of your cooking history before we like sure. dive deep into BLT and you taking it over. Um, yeah. So um, I went to culinary school in Philadelphia. Um, I did a study abroad in, in France, and then uh, I decided I wanted to move to DC because I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. I just wanted a different like change of scenery. Mm-hmm. This is what happened to Joe Biden. Same yeah. Thing. <laughs> so I picked up the Washingtonian, you know, and I I looked at the top ten restaurants in DC, and I um. I, I mean, I was 25, so I was a little bit older than most like people coming out of culinary school. Mm-hmm. And I just knocked on the doors, and um, I got a job at Vidalia at the time. Oh, my um, God, with Boobin. Yeah, Boobin and R.J. Cooper. It was a great team. And R.J. Oh yeah. Where is R.J.? Oh, he's in Tennessee. He is. Yeah, he's yeah. down south. Yeah, he's down south. <laughs> and um, I worked my way up from the Muse station, met a lot of great people there, and uh, kind of built some connections. Um, got my first executive Jeff Chef. Ah. Exec- That's executive easy for you to say, job, Michael. I know. <laughs> at uh, Sonoma Restaurant over on the oh, hill. Oh, God, yeah. I yeah. with Eli and Jared. Eli and Jared, oh God, yeah. I they're still like kicking, too. The I know. Of my life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, you're showing how old you are. I, know, I, I, don't care. I, I, have, I have no shame in my age. No, I don't have any you shame in my age shame, either. David, yeah. but I don't. I've forgotten what my age is. Yeah, exactly. That's the way to do it. So you've been the DC circuit. Exactly. Then I had the pig, and then we opened the bird. So, you know, it was a natural progression to go from all pork to all birds, you know, to do, like, mostly beef, right? right. So, yeah, that's just where it hit. But, you know, BLT, um, and I think a lot of steakhouses that come from outside of, you know, that aren't generated from the D.C. area. I mean, it's so much more than just a steakhouse, right? Like, oh, you absolutely. Guys don't just do What did you tell me? Steak? How many birds do you have on the menu? Oh, uh, we had 18 different birds on the menu at the mm-hmm. bird. So I'm still featuring some birds um, at the menu here. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we want to make sure the steak is the best it can be. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. core of the menu. You know, right. I would say 80% of the people come in, in there for that. And um, what is it about the steaks that you, like, you specifically bring in the process and then the cooking? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's a real hard job. There's a lot of tasting involved. 
Um, I, how, you must, how you must suffer. <laughs> yeah, right. Terrible. I like to um, I like to work with people that I build relationships with. Um, uh-huh. You know, and and some of the 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 you know obviously we can't use all local farms for some of our products because we just sell so many different cuts of steak. Um, but I do like to work with um, specific purveyors um, where I can know the farm, know the process that they do to raise their animals. Um, mm-hmm. Because usually when you build those relationships, people sell you the best that they have. You know, because right. it's more like working with friends. So sourcing is a huge part of it. Well, I love that, and I think it is so important. And you've been around long enough to and worked with some of the best people who, you know, probably had some great partners, and you know, it's continued from there. Absolutely. Let me ask you though about the preparation, because when it comes to steak, you, know, I have just found um, I now reverse sear. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I'm like I, feel I really like, like that method too, and um, you know, do you do it at the we kitchen? do we do do that with, in the kitchen. We we primarily do that with some of the larger cuts and the bone-in cuts. Yeah, um, just because they cook a little more evenly, and you don't get that super well done on the outside of it. I mean, honestly, if I had the ability to, you know, I, I really am a huge fan of doing things sous vide too because well, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Um, we just sell too many steaks and we have too much, um, too much money invested in some really expensive burners to like do everything. So, right. Right. so that yeah. totally makes sense. All right. We have to take a quick break. Sure. When we come back, let's, what? Nothing. I have say? a question, but I'll hold okay, it. Okay. Great. Yeah. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to executive chef Michael Bonk from BLT Steak. And my question, Mike, are you ready? Yes, sir. This, this is the hardball question. Uh-huh. So you come into a place like that that's really a kind of a legend in town, and you decide you're going to remake the menu. What do you do? How do you do it? And how do you do it without losing the, <laughs> the you know, well, losing the brand? I, I don't think there's a such thing as remaking the menu. I mean, the menu is still set up in, in, in its sections that it was before, and I think some of the core items are probably always going to be there just because they're BLT staples, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do is, um, you know, I work with our corporate executive chef, Cliff, um, is it still under the Torndell? No, no, so right? it's right now split. it's BLT Restaurant Group. We have okay. two managing partners. It's BLT Restaurant Group and Bottom Line Hospitality. BLT Restaurant Group is, is was the partnerships with uh, Laurent. Um, mm-hmm. So, but Laurent's no longer with the company. But we do have a corporate office. We have an executive chef, Cliff. He was the guy that was on um, on Top Chef and shaved Marcel's head and got kicked off. So he does some judging on on the Food Network still. <laughs> but he's he's a great guy, you know. Uh-huh. So you know he 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 trusts that I you know can do some. Some nice food down here, but in the same time, you know, we always keep them in the loop. Well, right. so, but, but wait, 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 wait. Back to the menu. Yes. Okay. I mean, seriously. Yes, yeah, seriously. I want to know. I mean, beyond steaks, what do we look for? Oh, man. So, you know, I, obviously steak is our main thing, but we're, we're more than just steak. I mean, even our core menu items, our fish stuff is, is phenomenal just because I can spend the extra money on, on getting the fish. And I want to make sure that the people that get things other than steak have the best possible experience that they can. Um, outside of that, you know, I'm always running a full specials menu that's almost like a whole other menu. And that's where I can really lurk, work with the people I've been working with for years in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Parker, my buddy at Pipe Dreams, you know, does great goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chapel Hill Farms, which is right out here in Virginia. They raise a Randall Lineback beef. Yep, we've had it's, them in studio. Oh, they're my amazing. God, they're awesome. I love Lulu. Lulu, shout out to you. Maybe Salute to the beef. Be hooked up with them. <laughs> it's an he awesome product. Think you're funny. It's <laughs> America's <laughs> oldest oldest cattle. It's like one of the only two places that We grow just it. had one. We had one in the free. Yeah, it's like the beef that George Washington would have ate. You know, know. it's amazing. It's an amazing story. Um, And then I I get these quail from Beaver Creek. They're outside of Richmond, you know, and I do some cool stuff with that. So the things that I do outside of the menu, I like to focus on things other than beef just because if you want beef, we have plenty of it. Right, which I totally get. And also, like, but 
what I think is interesting about like the popovers, right? Which right. is what you guys are known for. Sometimes when restaurants are around for a really long time and they're known for like the popovers or a certain way you do the steak, sometimes it gets um, stayed. Do you know what I mean? How do you keep the your cooks in the back like excited about what they're doing, not feeling like they're doing another round of popovers, like keeping it fresh so that the popovers are always amazing, so that the steak is always terrific? Because, you know, when people get bored, yeah. they've chosen the food. Well, I think the most important thing is the, morale, the overall morale of the kitchen. I mean, we have a super nice kitchen. I don't, I don't want to – I mean, my management style, I think, is different than every other chef that I've worked for. Like, everyone that's worked for me has been there. I mean, everyone, that came, everyone came back after COVID. Mm-hmm. I have a very low turnover in my kitchen. Okay, and yeah. it just starts from, like, just knowing people. I make great family meals. Like, we don't – you know, like, we make, like, three-course family meals for people. It just keeps people engaged, and it mm-hmm. makes everyone happier in the restaurant. You um, need me to clear tables and stuff <laughs> in on these meals. Absolutely. And are there any sort of events? Like, are you guys doing, like, yep. Easter or stuff like that? Absolutely. Like, what do you have coming up? Yeah, we are actually – so we, we don't generally open on Sundays, especially do brunch, but we are doing an Easter brunch from 11 to 8. Definitely check that out. We'll have our full menu plus a brunch menu that we're going to rock. Um, and we're also going to be open for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start some events upstairs on the rooftop too. We have the the most beautiful rooftop. It's so DC. Yeah, it they got redone. They got redone. Yeah. Got redone. Yeah. yeah. So we got a great view of the Washington Monument. We can literally rave, wave at the guys on the top of the White House. Oh, cool. Um, we we the can guys bo- with the submachine guns. Uh, no guys? sniper rifles. Oh, Snipe, yeah, yeah. And javelin yeah. The, and missiles. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to start doing some wine and cocktails events up there. I'm actually going to propose some dates so nothing's locked down yet but we can also do it for private events too so that's it's a great. great place yeah that's amazing all right cool so tell everybody where they can follow you please on uh social media and where they can find the restaurant and sure all sure the sure and everything you're doing yeah you can check it out you can go to blt restaurant group or bltsteak.com um at blt steak is our connection uh personally i don't do social media sorry okay, no, yeah <laughs> all right great well we really it's so nice to see you and <laughs> thank it's you so, so exciting much yeah what you guys are doing there i mean it's so hard for a restaurant that is well we're older. 15 years strong yeah. and we just signed a new lease so we're not going anywhere yeah congratulations thank you so much that means a lot it's good all right that's an anomaly almost in it the is. restaurant. Yeah. it is yeah. uh, especially for a steakhouse in yeah, DC. yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we have such a good following. You know, it's so nice yeah. to walk out in the dining room. I know most of the people every night. I yeah, love yeah. All right, great. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. All right, DC Vegan, bringing it back to you. All righty. Next up, we're gonna go with a classic peach Bellini, which is peach puree and prosecco. We're gonna finish it with a little orange bitters in an edible flower. So that's coming at you next. Okay. So when you're putting these kinds of cocktails together, like the first one we had is super herbaceous. Yes. So what is it that you're pulling from? Where are you getting your products? How is that happening for you guys? So we are, like I said, it's it's really, we're like putting a spin on these Italian classics. So right. it's using things like Aperol mm-hmm. and, um, um, you know, Campari, things like that. Right. And then literally we're grabbing the fresh herbs that we're using in the kitchen mm-hmm. and we're, we're the thinking about how are we going to infuse our our cocktails with these herbs gotcha yeah makes a lot of sense okay cool all right well here we go so we're going to talk more food uh, the commentary is a great restaurant uh, the commentary social house at the Westin arlington gateway hotel mm-hmm. and we imposed upon her time and executive chef fran ponte's here with tj daniels who runs food and beverage there Guys, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you Um, for joining us. And thank you for bringing in all this delicious stuff. Of course. It's beautiful. Fran, before we get into the 
restaurant and all that. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Well, I was born and raised in South America and Venezuela. I moved here um, in 2000, um, here in the United States, in California. Um, and I've lived there most of my life. And then moved to the East Coast about four years ago. I'm going to say Welcome. it's a yeah, night and day <laughs> difference, I'm going to say. Wait, um, in a good way or a bad way? In a good way. Okay. In a good way. But the drivers. Is it because everybody in California is stoned? Always. Okay. <laughs> um, and then. Um, They're stoned here, too. Yeah. You can walk down the well, street the, the, and see what Congress just passed a bill tie. to make marijuana legal everywhere, so everybody's going to yeah, be stoned. That's true. Some of those people could use some. Yeah. Mm. Um, I didn't go to culinary school at first. It was all experience, you know, mm. working, um, cooking with my grandma when I was young. You know, she. I remember going to the market with her and getting, like, fresh chickens, and she would just make uh, chicken noodle soup from scratch, you know, right. plugging the chicken feathers. It was... So, you know, I just developed a love for food and just seeing um, people's face after they finish their meal. It's a great satisfaction for me. And so, but how did you take, you know, cooking at your mom and grandmother's knee, that kind of stuff, how did you take that and make a profession out of it? Oh, man, it was, um, I just started, you know. It's something that I always wanted to do. What I wanted to be a Coast Guard uh, rescue swimmer. Okay. But um, close. This is close. So close. Yeah, it's still feels dangerous. Feels very similar. Yeah, feels yeah. very similar to me. I can see you're saving somebody here. Eat this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, it, I just started cooking, and it just brought me back to my roots. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I still call my grandma for recipes. You know that she's been cooking for many years, and uh, yeah, that's how I ended up uh, in the industry. Just I just jumped in it. And so at your current location, how do you translate those dishes like with what you want to put out on the menu? How do you take your history and put it on the menu? I take my heritage and uh, what I've learned in the West Coast and what I'm learning learning on the East Coast and putting mm-hmm. it together um, and just uh, bringing uh, delicious food for people and, uh, you know, just you just do it. Yeah, just do it. Just like so grandma used to do. Yeah. Right, but when we talk about the menu, what exactly is that? Like, what does that menu look like for you as um, you're putting it's, it together? It's right now for our spring menu is mainly lighter foods and, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, it's shareables. Well, and, here's a salad with tuna and. Yeah, that's a that's your tuna bowl uh, mm-hmm. with quinoa instead of rice and pickled uh, rainbow carrots. Beautiful. And on the roll, you have uh, it's a lobster roll. It's a far, uh, wild-caught lobster. Mm, um, it's beautiful. And fresh and delicious, yeah. And so, TJ, what's your story? Um, so I've been in hotels for about 12 years, um, mm-hmm. right after graduating from college. I started in New York and then moved on to this area about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it about hotels? Were you like, this works for me? I started working in a private country club when I was 15, mm-hmm. and I knew from that moment I that I was going to be in hotels. I in college who did that, and they, the, the country club put him through college. To get him to come back. They did not do that to did me. You rip them <laughs> up. That was not my story, but thanks. <clears throat> yeah, I just love creating memories for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love just interacting with all the diverse people. So, what's your? Do you guys collaborate because you've got to do a cocktail menu that is in sync with the, the chef's menu? How does that work? So we just look at kind of the flavors of this. We change. We try to change the menu seasonally. Mm-hmm. So we look at whatever flavors that we have mm-hmm. um, that are new, that are trendy, and we just kind of work together and seasonal trial and error. Yeah. So when you say trendy, what does that mean? Because there's a difference between seasonal and trendy. So just um, like DC Vegan has 
uh, non-alcoholic cocktails. Um, that's kind of that's kind of a trend. That's um, very just, trendy. Just flavors, just new flavors that people don't see, Sorry. just to try and bring them to people to try something they haven't tried before. And how do you both of you engage with your clientele as a way to uh, educate them on what's on the menu and what's on your beverage menu? Well, I ask questions. I go out there. I'm a very presentable so you work chef the room? on the floor. Yeah, Good I girl. like to talk to the guest. Um, if I see a full plate coming back, you know, going to the to the trash. Oh, you come out I, and you're I like, go hey, out, I, what what's happened? happening? Can I fix it? You know, because I want to see empty plates coming back. Mm-hmm. So I will. You wouldn't you know, have that problem when I'm there, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll just go out there and make sure I engage with the the um, guest. Okay. So, uh, talk to me a little bit about the physical layout because one of the things we're big dog people, we have big dogs and we're big on dogs. Yes. And I noticed that uh, I guess for brunch and on the patio and all that you can you can have a dog brunch. Correct. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to. I'm in the process of uh, making a, a puppy menu. So with everything uh, that is um, not going to waste or things that we're not going to use, I'm mm-hmm. going to use utilize that to create like. Just treats and um, from scratch for doggies, like chicken jerky and like sweet potato stew. Oh, like for, dehydrated stuff? Yeah, yeah. Cool. For, well, for I've got your candidates pups. for you when, yeah. you're, when you need tasters. Yeah, I love dogs. I have four, two dogs myself and uh-huh. two cats, so I'm a huge animal lover, so I, I want to farm. Are we going to allow with... cats? Are we putting cats on the bar? <laughs> Is it just dogs? Just doggies. I mean, yeah. that's what I would do. But. What about pigs? <laughs> oh, I want, I want everything. I want a donkey. I want a, co- a goat. Aww, I so. totally get that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, this is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Our guests are from the Commentary Social House at the Western Arlington Gateway Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, executive Chef Fran Ponte and TJ Daniels, who runs Food and Beverage at the hotel. And Fran, one of the things we were talking about during the break was, I mean, you've, you've remade the menu mm-hmm. for spring. Yes. Um, and we want to hear what's on there, but also how you kind of, how you decide. It's like having a contest yeah. in, in your it's- mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you do that? Um, well, it's a, uh, the West Coast, meet the East Coast. Um, I do a lot of reading. You know, you have to keep up with the, like TJ said, with the trend of uh, what's around the mm-hmm. area. Um, I like to do things that no one will have seen before. Like? Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, everybody does, like, beef sliders, you know, sure. if you have them. So I was like, let's do something different and do, like, hot dog sliders, you know? Ooh, um, that sounds yummy. Or, yeah, vegan vegan uh, dog, uh, hot dogs and stuff like that. Well, sure, um, pretend you're doing vegan. We hear yeah, you. Yeah, Michael, <laughs> Michael, Michael just perked up over there. I have to give it to my <laughs> vegan friends. Are hot dogs um, making a comeback? I see hot dogs everywhere. Yeah. They yeah. are making a good Yeah, a good hot dog. It, good hot dog. Yeah, a good hot dog. Um, and just, you know, a lot of fresh ingredients. Um, I work with my vendors and make sure I bring, you know, uh, like local farms and mm-hmm. dairy farms and just to stay on top um, of, you know, what they're bringing, you know, fresh every day. But given that you're at a hotel, does that sort of change? Can you be as creative as you want to be? Because yes. you're trying to... You're trying to deal with not only people in the neighborhood and feed them, but also the people who come to visit D.C. So you have a, a unique way of, of putting your fo- uh, food out there to a, a unique clientele. So my thing was I didn't want to I didn't want the commentary menu to be like your regular hotel menu. Sure. You know, like your your hotel restaurant that it's, you know, very 
basic, I would say. Mm -hmm. So I just want to step out of the box, you know, and, and just have ingredients that people have never heard before. Cool. You know, and just bring my, my Spanish Latin flair into it and just put a little bit of spice and, you know, Oh, you get, seem get very spicy. Get people to come back. <laughs> oh, we love that. All right. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. And all this food. And all this food yes. you brought in. It is beautiful and fresh and gorgeous. And TJ, they it's share nice with it you. with your team. Oh my God. Tell everybody kidding? where they can find yes. the hotel and the restaurant online and in the real world. So online, uh, the commentary arl.com. That's also also our social media handles. Um, and we're located in Bo in Boston. So feel free to stop by. Great. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us Thank today. You. Thank you. All right. DC Vegan. Well, No, DC, we have something to talk about. Yeah, we do have something to talk about. We want to talk about the design of this new botanical bar. Okay. So <coughs> we can't really get into the design of the botanical bar oh, yes, without you can. talking about my partner and my wife who actually designed uh, the space. And... Um, so, so if we can imagine out there in Radio Land, uh, nighttime garden, mm -hmm. um, sort of bo botanical, nighttime botanical themed space. So it's dreamy, it's twinkly. Um, mm, I'm getting horny. She's got mm. a hey -o. Wow, hey -o. <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> That's um, just a drink talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. All right, you're hey. cut off. That's my natural so, state. Um, so, yeah, so uh, we've got um, this really beautiful wallpaper from Transylvania that's this botanical-themed wallpaper that's, like, super beautiful. Uh, the, the colors are really rich, inviting, cool. and it really is reminiscent of that, that nighttime botanical space that we've got twinkly so lights this overhead. Is, this is so 24-7. You feel like you're in this experience. It's sort of, a, if we think of our space, so we're in a 5,000 square foot building in DuPont Circle. Right. We've got our deli on the first floor and then the botanical bar on the lower level. We kind of think of it as nighttime and daytime. Right. So the, the bar is like very nighttimey, really beautiful, really engaging. Cool. And really bringing, like I said, the, the herbiness of our food and, and obviously our love for plant-based cooking and plant-based cuisine. You know what? Great. It's a shame. Maybe Starla will change her name to Herb. 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 I, Herb. Maybe Never that's mind. a middle name. Maybe yeah. it is. Starla Herb. All right. What okay, are we drinking next? What are we next? drinking next? All right. So um, we are going to feature Negronis, seasonal Negronis at the at the bar. So next up, we've got a strawberry infused Negroni. Mm. Uh, that's Hendrix Gin, strawberry Campari, Dolan Sweet Vermouth. Uh, finished with an orange peel and strawberry garnish. Wow. Gorgeous. I'm ready. Okay, we'll be back to you guys at the end. All right. All right well, I have a bit of a story here. Okay, so I had here. my first joint in 1967, and I was stoned through college and stoned my senior year. The only time I ever got straight A's, I was stoned every that day. That one joint? But I was always <laughs> consumed. It was an epic no, joint. Yeah, man. We epic. knew how to make No, but... But I, I was never able to shake the paranoia that, you know, somebody was watching, they were coming to get me, all this kind of stuff. And now, Carolyn Phillips, who is the founder of the National Cannabis Festival Business Association, is she here is changing the to tell us about there's a National Cannabis Festival. God, I love it. April 22nd to 24th at RFK. Welcome to this show, honey. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> but it's so much here. more than a festival because this it's not just a bunch of people walking around getting high. No, it's not. Although I'm sure that is um, happening. But there is uh, seminars and conversations and advocacy. So let's let's get a little bit about you 
and let's talk about how this came to be. Okay. Go ahead. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah we're ready. ready. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. Um, uh-huh. The National Cannabis Festival is coming up later this month. It's almost a full week of events, but we have our summit on Friday, the festival on Saturday, and our big award show on Sunday. Okay. Um, and I started the festival back in 2015 when legalization started to arrive in D.C. Mm-hmm. And I realized- Did you have festival experience? I had event production experience. Okay. I didn't have festival experience, but I couldn't fi- find anyone to hire me to work on festival production because I didn't have experience. So I Catch figured I'd 22. start one. Right. Yeah, I figured I'd just start one. Okay. Um, but, you know, I realized when legalization came to D.C. that there were all of these people talking about the green rush, but nobody was talking about the challenges that still lie between here and full adult use legalization. Mm -hmm. There are still people in jail for cannabis, which is pretty wild. Which is insane. But also talking about the plant in a way that we're not just stuck in these stigmas anymore. Talking about the culinary arts, Mm -hmm. about education and policy. Well, and also, uh, and it's not marijuana per se, but I mean, uh, from the hemp plant, CBD is like taking over the world for pain management and anxiety release and all of that stuff too. Very, very true. I think we're really starting to see so many ways that the cannabis plant can be applied in our daily lives. And I imagine that some of the folks here with you this afternoon will still soon be tangling with how they might include a cannabis tincture, perhaps, in a plant-based cocktail or maybe some kind of infused dessert. So at some hint, point. hint. Okay, so I do want to tell you, we had a guy who is making oh, yeah. a cannabis-infused drink. Uh, and it has 100 milligrams of, of THC, THC in it. It looks like a bourbon bottle. It's a bottle. It's okay. a bottle, okay. and it's beautiful. And, I mean, that's I, I think the stuff is amazing. It was also a really funny interview. But, um, okay, so now that we that you're doing this festival, and, I mean, you're it's almost at a 10-year mark at this point. So what are we're we getting at? There. We're, we're getting there. We're at seven. There. We're at seven. Yeah. That's close, right? It's close. So, but it's expanded. So let's talk about what the summit is and what people can get out of that first, and then we'll talk about the festival. Absolutely. Um, we knew after the first year or two of the festival that there was so much more to talk about than we could do on what just one day. So we started 420 Week, which for the past three years has taken cannabis-related events around the city to places like City Winery, D.C. Brow Brewing Company, sure. Loyalty Bookstore, to have conversations, demos, workshops, talking to interesting people in D.C. whose work may touch cannabis in the near future. Mm -hmm. Um, We started the Policy Summit because we realized we weren't getting a whole lot of Republicans to the festival grounds to talk in front of a cannabis crowd. They need it. I know. They really need to chill out. They could use a little help. Yeah. Um, But we knew that we could probably get them on stage in a conference setting. So the Policy Summit is an event that's free and open to the whole community. Cool. You know, you're here on an interesting day because yeah. yesterday or the day before, Congress voted to legalize marijuana across all 50 states, which is— The House did. I will tell you, real briefly, in 1976, my dad was general counsel of the House Select Committee on Narcotics mm. Abuse, and he was pushing for decriminalization of marijuana because he, you know, it was one of the few progressive ideas he had. But having said that— I mean, we're talking about 50 years uh, and more than that. I remember some guy named John Sinclair from Michigan got a 10-year jail sentence for having a joint on him. And um, this is— Because well, I think there was—I'm not well, justifying I mean, it. There it's, was a lot of fear and there was right. a lot of racism. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but my point is, I mean, if you look at, 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 at what happened in Congress then, gay marriage and all, it's like people are loosening up a little, even though— 
I think loosening up is the wrong term. They are loosening up. I call but it loosening, loosening up. up. I, but I don't think loosening up is the right term for it. Okay, well, we'll argue about that on the way I home. I think yeah. that civil liberties and personal liberty is definitely something that people are starting to take a lot more seriously yes, nowadays. I, that's exactly um, what it is. Yeah. Yes. I think it's so uh, important. Okay. okay. We could, we would could go down dude. a major rabbit yeah. hole here. So let's talk about the festival and what people can experience. And and you curated amazing food, which seems apropos. So uh, let's talk about that. Absolutely. So if you arrive at the National Cannabis Festival, you'll get everything that you get at a music festival. So we have a main stage with Wiz Khalifa and Lettuce and Ghostface Killer. But you also get a lot more. So we almost have a mini conference built in. We have five education pavilions, Mm -hmm. a policy pavilion where you can learn about state and federal law, wellness. You can get your yoga on and talk to medical doctors. Um, We have a grow school if you're interested in learning to grow at home. Um, We also this year have our brand new culinary pavilion that you mentioned where we have a bunch of amazing D.C. restaurants taking part like Maidan and Maketo and Moon Rabbit. So we're very excited about that. And you Wait, before we get to the eating yeah. contest, so, but are people partaking in cannabis products? Like, when you go to a wine festival, you taste the wine. What's happening at the cannabis festival? So right now in Washington, D.C., the D.C. government would prefer that you keep your cannabis consumption in private. Sure. So doesn't feel like that on the streets, but go I ahead. Know. So, you know, we don't encourage folks to break D.C. law, but it it's a very peaceful and respectable if you're not on crowd. federal property walking down the street. That you it's could... supposed to be in private. Okay. You know, huh. but like I said, we've never had an arrest or an incident of violence at our festival. People mm-hmm. are very respectful of one another. Um, so it's a really great environment to be in. What about edibles and things of that nature? Because like, like we just talked about that drink, they're becoming so much more a part of the conversation. There's such an important part of the conversation because there are people out there that can't combust things to get their medicine. They need to eat the medicine or put it on topically or something like that, drop Mm -hmm. it under the tongue. Maybe they can't swallow whole pieces of food. So we'll definitely be talking about edibles in the culinary pavilion, more in the enjoyment way, but also in the wellness pavilion, we'll be discussing edibles and kind of the future of those products um, as it applies to medical cannabis patients. Talk about CBD because... It's exploding. It's it is. everywhere. Is it all true? Is CBD a magical, you know, kind of a magical cure for, you know, joint pain and anxiety and all of that? Or is it getting overblown and are people taking advantage of the fact that, it's, you know, it's getting hyped so much? Well, CBD is the non-psychoactive cousin of THC. And if the United States would really jump into the 21st century, we could actually get some scientific testing around all of this. Sure. But... Based on what we've seen from researchers in other countries and based on what we've seen on some of the small studies being done in the United States, there seems to be a lot of evidence that would suggest that CBD is a great long-term option for people with chronic illness or who are dealing with chronic pain and that will give them many fewer damaging side effects than taking pharmaceuticals. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about these panel discussions and what people can get out of them. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We are not high in studio. Um, Unfortunately. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Carolyn Phillips, who is the genius founder of the National Cannabis Festival um, uh, and National Cannabis Policy Summit. For, you know, feed your brain, feed your whatever. Um, uh, and but I, 
love that you did that. I love that you, it's so easy to go just the fun route, right? Like, let's just party. Let's have a good time. It's so easy to bring in great music, great food, and celebrate, you know, marijuana, for lack of a better term. Do you know what I mean? So, like, that part's easy, but you took it really, you took the policy part, which is so important because we can't enjoy it unless we catch everybody up. Right. Exactly. There's so many important issues still to be sorted out around the cannabis industry, but also around criminal justice reform as it pertains to cannabis. So Mm -hmm. I think until we sort those things out, it would be hard to call this new industry, you know, vibrant and growing. We have to get this right. But, you know, the politicians are listening on the policy side because part of that bill is wiping out everybody's marijuana conviction. They are starting to listen. The Moore Act, which passed the House. Thursday or Friday, can't remember, the days are starting to blend together. Um, That's step one. We still need to get it through the Senate. But the Moore Act is by far the most progressive piece of cannabis legislation that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and you know the knuckle-draggers in the Senate are going to, you know, fight it. But it it actually looks like it could pass. But it it does make sense for it to be regulated just like alcohol. I mean, everybody's doing it. Yep. It's available. And look how much money the government can make. I I mean, mean, it would make sense to be regulated. Because, first of all, people shouldn't be driving when they're stoned. Right. I mean, it's a really, it's such an interesting topic. Um, And I say that as somebody who used to drive high all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a really interesting topic. I say that as somebody who does all the driving now. (laughs) Thank you. So, I mean, yeah, in D.C. right now, we have a medical program, and adults are allowed to use and possess cannabis, but we don't have an official adult use program. So you can't just walk into a cannabis shop unless you have your medical card right. with you mm-hmm. and get some cannabis. I know that the D.C. Council is working to shift that right now so that we have better access, but there's still a long way to go. But then just like you didn't, you couldn't bring anything with you today because you're crossing state lines. And exactly. D.C., Virginia, and Maryland, like when I, when I hear that there are like actual hard lines, it's really hard to believe, right? It is hard to imagine. And you know that crossing a state line with some little dried flour in your purse might be a major federal offense, but that's still the strange world we're living in. Yeah, but you're also talking about three different worlds. D.C. is, I mean, politically, D.C. is very liberal. Maryland is actually very, parts of Maryland are very liberal. And, you know, the only way a Republican governor can get elected is to be stand in the middle of the stream the way Hogan does. And Virginia, Northern Virginia, might as well be a separate state from the rest of Virginia. So you said one of these panel discussions means a lot to you. What's the most important one? I've been really interested in the discussion around restaurants and bars and how a legal cannabis program in D.C. could impact their operations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know that there's a lot of talk about how Abra would approach this. But then beyond that, I'm interested in how cannabis impacts the design of a restaurant or a bar. Um, How does it change certain operations? Um, How will bar and restaurant owners be thinking through these things? It's just a really interesting topic. Because there's if there's no smoking Mm -hmm. in bars, then how do you change that? Well, edible, right? right. Whether you consume it through a drink and infused drinks, drinking it, right? You know, but even then, you don't necessarily want adults stepping out onto your patio where maybe through some change in laws they could legally consume. You, you wouldn't want, you know, kids leaving school to adults standing on a patio during happy hour and necessarily having to have kids walk through clouds of smoke, whether it's cigarette smoke, cigar no, 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 smoke, I or totally any smoke. I agree with you on that. Right, so they're just like little yeah. nuances yeah, in there think, that they're going to have to approach. Yeah, but I think, kind of a clear line of demarcation. Yeah. No smoking is no smoking. Right. Tough luck, you know, uh, but I agree. And there's it's other ways be... to consume the product. Right. Well, right, and then, you know, when you're thinking about smoking as someone medicating— you know, have we told someone they can't use their inhaler in certain places? 
So it is, it's an interesting thing that we're going to have to dig through. Right, because there is but, medical usage of marijuana and not just for people with cancer uh, anymore. I mean, there's a lot of people who uh, medicate them with their mental issues mm-hmm. and they find that marijuana, certain strains of marijuana can be incredibly helpful. Yeah, the next thing is you'd Absolutely. be hosting a psilocybin uh, uh, event. Well, it's That's National nice. Psilocybin yeah. Festival. You know, those things are happening. I'm not quite we ready, for that. No, no, I'm not ready for we that. We were in either. California. Uh, a couple months ago. And I mean, there were storefronts like, you know, it's all about microdosing yeah. and all that stuff. I know it's a huge trend. It will take some time to come over to this coast. Yeah. It's going to be a slow progression. At least there's, there's actual scientific research happening around psilocybin right now. That's it's true. interesting to see how quickly yeah. that has. I don't think I'm for, for, you know, general generalized legalized use of that because, you know, you have, uh, last thing you want to be is on the road with somebody who's mm. had um, a mushroom. Can we talk but, about the eating contest? How do people yeah. participate? Well, they should definitely sign up. They can sign up on site at the festival. We have an ice cream eating contest with Ben and Jerry's. I heard you guys talking about hot dogs earlier. We definitely have a hot dog eating contest and then a pizza eating contest. Pizza eating contest sounds hard. Some pretty serious head to head competition. Ice cream sounds hard too. Like my head hurts just thinking (laughs) about it. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't sign up for the ice cream one personally. I think pizza is probably where my strength would lie, but I agree. Brain freeze is not worth the victory. Is it hot dog with bun or hot dog without bun? You know, I actually hadn't considered. I think it will probably be going with bun, and we need to make sure that we. Okay, yeah. So, Uh, wait. Well, we wanted. I think what we we never really got into the cannabis in DC hospitality. I mean, you've got you've got chefs. Kevin Tian was just with us. Yeah. And um, you know the fact that he's considering how to use cannabis something at Moon Rabbit is pretty interesting, and he's very meticulous as beyond what he is, and he's terrific. to have a chef of that quality coming in and doing this is pretty impressive. I mean, uh, you know, it's this is what's happening. I imagine that um, there are a lot of chefs and restaurateurs in D.C. who are approaching this in the same way that, I don't know, when Prohibition ended. It's like, we're bringing alcohol in. How does that change things? But, you know, the idea of bringing in cannabis, which is used by so many people as medicine, and being able to combine that with food and drink experiences, I think is something really powerful and something that will really impact the food scene here in D.C. I completely agree. Hey, as somebody who just, we've just gone through the licensing process to get our, to, to transfer our alcohol license for our bar, I can tell you that there is a lot of opportunity there in terms of, of working within the system of D.C. Because right now we've got, you know, um, you have to have a separate license for dancing. You have to have a separate license for entertainment. So when I think about like having the license for dancing or license for entertainment, I just feel like there's a lot more opportunity and probably going to take a lot more time before we, we get to that to that point where we can actually integrate. I mean, absolutely, because you have to imagine our social use spaces for cannabis in D.C., going to be held to the same restrictions as dispensaries and cultivation centers. For example, if your bar would be near a school or a treatment center or something Mm -hmm. like that, could you not serve cannabis because of your location? So there's so many interesting things things. to dig through. That's interesting. That puts them at a competitive disadvantage. Tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram and online and get tickets to this festival. Absolutely. Um, Come out to National Cannabis Festival on April 23rd. You can find us at www.nationalcannabisfestival.com or on Instagram at N-A-T-L Cannabis Fest. Excellent. No, you're thank an you. interesting person. Yes, thank you for joining us today. All right, DC Vegan.
All right. We're wrapping up with you. I mean, Michael, do you have anything else to say? I, I, I think that's anything it. Else Thank you. you good night. Want to share with the class? Um, well, we do want to share one more cocktail with yes. you before we leave. Um, so Starla's our bar manager. Starla um, sort of specializes in in aquafaba. And if you haven't heard of aquafaba, it's chickpea juice yes. from a can of chickpeas. You whip it up, and basically for us plant-based eaters, we can use that as an egg substitute. Aquafaba is so much sexier than chickpea juice. You know, it, really. it is. It sounds <laughs> no, so much we've better. Been it I want to cover I mean, you in we've chickpea been seeing, juice, A lot of Middle Eastern restaurants have been using it for years. Yes. So, and it's, it, it is an amazing product because of the starch right. and what you're able to do and with it. And it's literally a byproduct that most people don't use. So right. what Starla's made here is, uh, is an Aperol Flip. And so we are uh, substituting the aquafaba, in this case, for the egg white. So this is vodka, Aperol, raspberry hibiscus tea, simple syrup, and a lemon peel garnish. Oh, my God. Starla, As brilliant. long as there's nothing fancy. Right. Amazing. <laughs> Thank all you. right. So we have to wrap up with you. Tell us where we can find all the information on DC Vegan. You guys did That's such good. a fabulous job today. Tell us. Well, please come visit us, www.dc-vegan.com. Mm-hmm. Our deli is located at 1633 P Street Northwest in in DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. And that's also the location of the Botanical Bar, which will open up on May 7th. Excellent. We cannot wait. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Do you have anything today to say, please, before we wrap up? First of all, my band will open for your band next time. But, yeah, remember the folks in Ukraine, Somalia, Sudan, uh, open up your wallets a little Get one less cup of coffee and donate some money, folks. Okay, great. And we want to thank all of our guests for joining us in studio today. So much to learn about what's going on in the D.C. food, wine, and hospitality scene. Of course, you can check out the list, areyouonit.com, the online e-zine that tells you everything that is happening, like everything you heard here today. Of course, you want to listen to me on Industry Night, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. on Real Fun D.C. And follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, There is so much going on out there. The world is just vibrating because people are so excited to get out. Not only is it spring, but also our masks are off. We just got boosted again. And my arm hurts. If you can, please do. (laughs) Uh, But please remember, there are staff shortages and there's some strange things happening out there. So just when you go out, take your kindness pill or maybe take a a hit off a joint or do whatever you got to do. And just just be kind, please. Uh, Again, we want to thank all of our guests. It was a great show. And we want to thank you for joining us and have a delicious week. 